Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, Rip is here today with uh, our buddy James Yeager. Uh, James is a world-renowned shooting instructor and uh, pistol martial artist, firearm martial <laughs> artist. Is that an accurate uh, description? That, that, that will work. All right. Firearms martial artist. Uh, we were just talking a minute ago about social media. Uh I think it's a giant pain in the ass myself. I, th I think it should be called unsocial media because yeah. people are real assholes. People can be complete fucking assholes, on, especially uh, when, they, when they are sitting behind their... Uh, it is amazing to me. I'll write an article for uh, PJ or somebody, uh, someplace like that, and we'll put it up, and then all the comments, these fools who have not read the article and don't know what they're talking about, feel free to comment on the article as though they know what they're talking about. And my God, Twitter's just gotten, <laughs> you know, I, I guess you have to do Facebook, but I'm, I'm about to the point where uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just keep, I check Twitter about once every two days. And it's just, it's, that's just what a, what a complete clown show that is. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm 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 uh, disgruntled with social media, and I realize we got to play the game and stuff because that's how we get people to pay attention to what we're doing. But uh, oh, there's a cost, isn't there? I, you know what? I my my haters make me money because if somebody's happy with you, they'll tell one or two people. But if they're pissed off at you, they'll tell ten. Right? And, oh yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm, full I'm, of I'm, shit. James Yeager's full of shit. I just let them. I just let them go. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's probably the intelligent approach, isn't it? You see, John yeah. Wick. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about the martial arts with pistols in there? Is there a I name? Hate... Is there a name for that? Gunkata, <laughs> uh, gunfu. Gunkata, gunfu. Gun right. Um, but it, what's funny is Keanu Reeves. Uh, a friend of mine is actually his trainer. So actually, Keanu Reeves is actually really a shooter. And in that movie, I think they did a real good job with it. I mean. You know, it's it's TV, but I think they did a real good job with it. Well, it was uh, it was elegant. It, it certainly was elegant and fit. I don't know how many takes it took to get all that stuff done, but uh, that uh, it, it was it was it, it was beautiful on screen. It really was. Right. And as long my opinion about Kenny Reeves is, as long as he's not talking, <laughs> he's okay. Because well, the, the guy is, a, he, oh God, he's such a horrible actor. He really is. He's, he's really, really awful. Uh, one of my favorite movies in the whole world is uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And you just have to sit there while he's, you have to do this while his lines are being read because he's just such an awful uh, British accent. And it's just, I, I don't know. I saw, uh, there was a Shakespeare thing that was done about 20 years ago and they actually hired him to uh to play i think it was as you like it and it appeared as though the man didn't even understand what he was saying you know well, he, was, he was reading the you know and he was pronouncing the words and all this other stuff but you could tell that he was not really sure what this meant and uh uh but you know i mean he was uh he was pretty good in point break and uh i guess uh Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was kind of typecast. 
Right. Well, if if, it, if it helps, I have some mutual friends with him, and they say he's a really good human being. Like I he's bet a, he is. You know, I I saw the little uh, the little training video of him on the range shooting, and the man obviously has spent some time with this, hasn't he? And yeah, that's that's Terran Butler's range out in L.A., and and he 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 trains a lot of Hollywood folks. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, it looked great to me, and and uh, I guess he's. Uh, I mean, it'd be hard to be that good with weapons and not be kind of on our side about this thing, right? right? So I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume yeah, that, uh, that he's got his head out of his ass about that sort of thing because uh, primarily because I just want to believe that about more of those guys. Yeah, he's, he's on our side. Good, good, good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. So uh, tell me... Uh, James, about uh, about what you find interesting about strength training. You've been one of our biggest proponents, one of our loudest, most splashy proponents for quite a while, <laughs> and we really, really appreciate your your exposure uh, of our methods to uh, a completely different audience. And uh, uh, what is it that you like about what we do? Well. You know, my, my physical fitness journey started in 2007. I was about 60 pounds heavier, and I, I, knew, I, I knew it wasn't right. And, um, and I wanted to be fit. I didn't, know, I didn't know what. I didn't know if I'm supposed to crossfit and flip tires or fucking do gymnastics. I didn't know. And as I started researching it, one quote from you stood out for me. Strong people are harder to kill. And that instantly I knew – I've got this guy understands something that I I understand. There's some commonality here, even if it's one quote. There was something there that attracted me to starting strength, and um, then I started researching you, and I thought, wow, this guy is an asshole, just like I am. Because they say <laughs> the adjectives that people use to describe you are the exact ones they use to describe me. You know, it, I, it's it occurs to me, James, that we are quote assholes unquote because. Because uh, people who are of slightly above average intelligence, and neither you or I are a genius, but we're above a, we are above the average level of intelligence, and we have thought about what we do, and we have studied opinions on things, and we don't hesitate to uh, to vocalize those opinions, and we're kind of alpha males and stuff, and people like us just by default are assholes, whether we're assholes or not, because <laughs> we represent such a complete contrast to the vast majority of people that these people run into during the, during the course of the day. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, all right, I'm an asshole. That's fine. Whatever you want to call me is fine. Just pay attention to what I'm telling you. Well, I have a YouTube video called you're not entitled to your opinion about, about these people. And I've, Excellent. I've, I've made my life study this. I mean, if they gave out fucking PhDs for fucking gunfighting, I would have one. And and so some guy that's just a hobbyist or just started reads a book or a magazine that thinks he can co- take me to task on a point. I've been I've been had this business for 20 years, let alone how long I've been shooting. And you can't you can't touch that with a book or an article or or taking one class somewhere or a YouTube comment. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, and and when I look at you, it's the same thing. I see your your you have this is your life study. 
your life study? And, and how can somebody just come and try to rip that out of your, out of your hand? Well, it's 37 years of actually paying attention to this on a, on a, in fine detail on a daily basis. And yeah, I mean, they, you know, if my opinion is worth something and if you've got a contrary opinion, I would say that the burden of proof is on you. And, I have, <laughs> and I've, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about is subject to discussion, but the vast majority of it is not. And I, we know what we're talking about and we prove that every day with tens of thousands of people who've gotten strong using our method. And they haven't gotten strong using your methods. So, <laughs> so James is uh, using our methods, and uh, and and he likes them. And I'm just, I'm, what do you think about physical strength and fighting with a with a gun? It's absolutely hand in hand. I mean, like uh, because the root word to gunfight is not gun; it's fight. And there is no fight that you're ever going to be in in your life that you wouldn't wish you were stronger. I don't care if it's you're fighting cancer or fighting Al Qaeda. There's no <laughs> fight in your life that you won't want to be stronger for that. And and so strength is is a fundamental part of being a human weapon. Right. Well, it and it's that's so clear that it's you know it's it's interesting that anyone would have a contrary opinion. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, if it's physical, then force production is its first component. Right? Yes. It's, yes. Whether it's walking, getting up out of the chair when you're 87 years old, uh, or being in a gunfight, or lifting a barbell. And uh, it, it seems perfectly transparent to me, but I guess there's people that would argue with this. I don't understand it. I mean, even sex is better if you're strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, there's, no, there's no downside to it. I don't no, know. no, no, there's not. So what do you guys do at, uh, at your shop with respect to working strength training into the program? Well, I mean, we don't really work it into our program because we usually only have people two or five days, right. but we do, but we do have a gym here and all of our, the staff and all the employees work out and, uh, and it's all barbell stuff. You know, we've got, you know, a rower and some other stuff, but it's, we've got two rogue sure. squat racks because you told me to get rogue and, and, you know, and we lift, I just lifted a little while ago. And I mean, that's, it, it's, it's endemic to what we do here, you know? Well, and, and, James has been to two of our seminars and uh, uh, has seen our method presented in a couple of different contexts. I mean, the seminar changes from, from really, essentially, from month to month. As we learn things, we incorporate it. And uh, uh, James has come to two of our seminars, brought his daughter to the last one. And uh, I know he values what we do. And uh, uh, since all of you guys know what we do and we and already know about our program. Let's talk about James's. What do you, what do you teach? I teach good people how to kill bad people. And I use that word on purpose. I don't say neutralize or I don't the fuck all that. I just, people are doing bad stuff. You need to stop them. The fastest way to stop them is to make them stop their heart stop beating. And, uh, and, 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 and like you, I'm not a fan of political correctness uh, or anything like that. I don't have time to be politically correct. No, no, no. It's an inefficient use of time. 
Uh, last year, we had just over 6,000 students, and we teach pistol, rifle, shotgun, sniper rifle, team tactics. We teach a wide variety of firearm stuff uh, from everybody from, you know, uh, maybe a soccer mom that just bought a handgun for protection all the way up to we have America's most elite soldiers come through these classes. So how do you, how do you teach them? How do you conduct the classes? What's the general framework of the instruction? Um. I don't know if I understand exactly, but we place the highest emphasis Day on... Day one, what do you do? Uh, safety. We don't want them to shoot themselves or somebody else accidentally. So, And, and we tell them even safety is the most important because even in a gunfight, if you shoot yourself, it still counts. Yeah. Um, so safe gun handling and then uh, manipulation of the gun, loading it, reloading it, you know, pressing the trigger and all that stuff. But basically it's a top mindset. Mindset's everything you are as a fighter, alertness, aggressiveness, coolness, ruthlessness, decisiveness, all those things. That's the most important. And then tactics. Tactics are basically doing things so you get more turns to shoot than the bad guy. And skill, skills like running the machine and shooting right. whatever pistol rifle Accuracy, or shot. Accuracy, precision, that sort of thing. That yeah. Things and then that respond finally, to and practice. Yeah, and then at the bottom gear like holsters, and that's the least important thing on that on that sur that survival principles. But you got to have a holster to put your gun in. So, but we place the most emphasis on mindset. Right. Well, let's talk about ruthlessness. That sounds interesting, doesn't it? Ruthlessness. Tell me about ruthlessness. Like, if I were to pose a question to just a group of people, is it okay to ever shoot anybody in the back? They would say no. Just in general, they would say no. But. If, if somebody snatches up my grandkid and turns to, and to walk away with them, I'm shooting that fucker in the back. Sure. If, if, if there's a guy robbing a store and I'm standing there, I'm not going to do like in the movies and whistle for him to turn around. I'm not going to invite him to my gunfight. I'm going to shoot that motherfucker yeah. in the back. Executing. Yeah. Ruthlessness. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. That's just because that's efficient, isn't it? <laughs> right. Because of efficiency. Well, one gun shooting is called one gun is called a shooting. Two gun shooting is called a gunfight. You can lose a gunfight. You can't lose you a shooting. You can't lose a shooting. That's, <laughs> that's absolutely true, isn't it? See how James has thought all this out so concisely. It's just it's just delicious. <laughs> well, like you, I mean, you can you can say three or four words to somebody doing a lift, and you know, and and and, and kind of correct them just just like that, and and I just a simple just a different course but i do the same thing every day what do you carry uh right now i mean my daily carry i carry a glock 19 and two glock 26s all all nine millimeters i mean spare mag and a switchblade and brass knuckles and a you know all kinds of shit right. uh what is your opinion since nick wanted to talk about guns let's let's geek out a little bit i think everybody watching this is probably uh, comfortable with us talking about this. What's your What's your opinion about nine millimeter versus larger caliber? Is it uh, Is it shot placement kind of? It's It's yeah. Shoot them in the heart or the brain. And I'll leave you alone. And with modern ammunition, the difference is is slight, uh, if if any at all. And uh, I hope my grandson's beating on the door. <laughs> um, well, but uh, shoot that little fucker. <laughs> Tell him we're gonna. Hey, we're in a, <laughs> we're we're talking to Ripito here. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't get it. You know, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, but uh, but anyway, the, with modern ammunition, there's not much of a difference, and and ultimately, nine millimeter guns hold a lot of bullets, and right. I don't know anybody that's ever been in a gunfight that wants less bullets. Well, let me let me run my little theory by you here. I'm going to presume to uh, uh, 
to think about this from the standpoint of a guy that's actually been on the grand jury. I was on a grand jury in 97, and grand jury is an interesting situation. Uh, uh, those of you that aren't familiar with it, uh, in the United States, most jurisdictions anyway, uh, maybe not in Baltimore, but uh, most jurisdictions uh, require that a grand jury review all the indictments. Uh, everything the district attorney wants to prosecute, he runs in front of the grand jury. And the grand jury is the, is the accept or reject function and uh, sorts through, supposed to anyway, sort through uh, Unnecessary prosecution saves time, uh, creates a, a background of basic justice for those people who are indicted on uh, on felony counts. And uh, in the grand jury uh, in '97, when I was on the grand jury, and I know this is is the process has changed a little in our jurisdiction since then, but uh, the people who were selected for the grand jury are just people from the community insurance salesmen, housewives, uh, uh, people with, more importantly, no particular expertise with respect to criminal activity. So, it is my opinion that the fewer times I have to shoot the guy, the less likely I am to be indicted by the grand jury. Because if the, if the grand jury has to say, well, Mr. Ripito, why was it necessary for you to shoot him 15 times? I know there were 15 rounds in your gun, but did you really need to shoot him 15 times? Uh, that, that looks like that you were angry and had some malice and stuff, and uh, I think we're just going to let the pettit jury sort this out. And that's not what I want to happen. I want to do as much damage to him with one or two rounds as I possibly can. And that goes into shot placement and all that other stuff. But I'm also aware of the fact that, that in a pressured up situation, a guy like me, who's not trained extensively in this, is, is probably going to just shoot center mass and because that's the biggest target and that's the thing I can't miss. And uh, so my thinking on this is, uh, that if I shoot him with a 44 mag, I'm going to do more damage with one or two rounds than the 9 millimeter in 15 rounds. Now, given that I'm not going to be in a gunfight in a situation like, uh, like a combat guy would be, I'm not going to be in a gunfight with anybody, I'm going to be in a, in a self-defense shooting, and that I have to go talk to the grand jury. My thinking on it is I'd like to carry a pistol that, uh, whose caliber begins with four, rather than one that begins with three. Now, tear me apart. Um, anything can be villainized, and you are more likely to be villainized as a death wish Clint Eastwood wannabe with a revolver and a forty-four mag. See, I carry a gun like cops ah. carry. You carry a gun that vigilantes carry. I see. I see. There's going to be a. There's going to be a prejudice against me. Why no did what, you have to shoot him with that big a gun, Mr. Ripitone? There, no matter what. It's just what I had laying there. In, anything you can do can be villainized, but I'm telling you, if you carry a gun like your police department carries, that's the least that's the least you know trouble the you're most innocuous have. weapon that you can carry is the one that the police professionals carry. Okay. All of my Glocks are in forty. 
I've got like four. That's what the police carry. They carry 40s and 9 millimeters, right? Mostly 40, yeah. All right. So 44 mag and that's, is... And that's, and that's nationwide. Right. So the, the move has been away from 9s to 40s. Well, yeah. Or are there really the any more of the ballistics equivalent? They're, they're all the same, but but like the FBI is going from 40 back to 9 millimeter and U.S. Special Forces and Marine Special Forces have gone back to Glock 19, gone to Glock 19s from, and stuff like that. From 22s. From, well, for the FBI, from 23s and 22s to, to 19s and 17s. And then for the, you know, SF, it's from 1911s and Berettas to Glock 9 millimeters. Why are they doing that? They're simple and cheap and they work. Ammunition's available and, and just practical considerations. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. My exposure to handguns at that level was with uh, uh, 40 caliber Smiths. And uh, so I've just, I've got all of those and I've, you know, in my Glocks or 40 caliber. So, well, that's interesting. They're fine. That's interesting. So, uh, if, so those are your carry guns. What do you use for long guns? What do you like? Man, <laughs> I've got everything. Um, the re the reality is, um, I mean, seriously, I got uh, AR fifteens and AR tens and sniper rifles and all kinds of crap. I mean, like uh, beside my bed, I've got a twelve gauge shotgun. You right. know. Well, that's that's. Uh, I guess there's less. Uh, I guess a long gun is. Uh, is not really this doesn't really get the same analysis in terms of which one you use than a uh, uh, that a handgun. <laughs> I, I keep I keep a shotgun beside my desk what is too. That? Just out of curiosity. This is a Remington 870, and it's just got a light uh, on the end. Oh, I see. Okay, I didn't recognize the the flashlight component there. That's that's yeah. interesting. I've got a little black Mossberg. Looks like that. Three hundred twenty-five dollar. It's only five. It's only five rounds though. Well, that's enough. Well, if it's got the right, if it's got the right. Shot, shot, yeah, shotgun fights don't last a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true, isn't it? What is that loaded with? A buckshot, double up buck. Two aught, right? Okay. I've got, uh, I've got number four buck in mine. Uh, That'll work. That's, uh, I think there's more projectiles in each. Yeah, I think there's 20. 20 or something yeah, like that. Something to that effect. So when, uh, when somebody uh, contacts you about going to your class, let's get back on topic here. Uh, we can talk about guns all day, but uh, and we're talking about guns. James is just sitting there going, what is Ripitoke? <laughs> so when somebody contacts your, uh, your organization about coming to a class, do you have any specific fitness recommendations for them coming into the program? Well, there's a couple of different tracks there. One is people uh, like veterans that have had pieces of them blown off. We're going to help them no matter what. So I don't care what they can do. We're going to make them better. And the same with anybody that has any kind of disability. We train people with cerebral palsy and everything else. So, you know, that's the number one thing. So I don't want anybody thinking, you know, to come here, you got to be able to deadlift 500 pounds to come take a class. It's not the way it is. Um, but in general, our classes are not very physically demanding. There, there is, you know, getting down and up and shooting from your back and, and things like that, but they're not like aerobic or anything like right. that. 
Now, the other track is like our team tactics classes where there's like downed operator and you got to drag guys and stuff like that. And we tell them all, you know, you need to be physically fit. And no matter, and I tell them, no matter how physically fit they are, they're going to be depleted at the end of class. They'll just wish they had more to give, you know, during the class. And but uh, strength comes in. Strength, absolutely strength. And so, um, you know, one of my one of my employees that has gotten in a lot better shape the year he's been working here and um, and lifting weights and pushing the prowler has taken those classes. And he's still a big guy, but he's done remarkably well. And he says it's all from the, the squats and deadlifts mostly is where he feels the powerful doing those classes. Well, what is your opinion then of uh, the way the military has uh, it's, has? I can, has let me stop. Let me stop you. It's stupid. They're, they put these guys in shorts and have them have them run and 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 then they put an eighty pound pack on their back and have them hike up a hill. It's absolutely it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand why they do that. Um, and then, and then they have them do some stupid ass CrossFit shit and, 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 and it's all about, you know, not being strong. And I, I, and I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I have always, uh, uh, been puzzled by, uh, a military organization in 2016 training for a situation that might have come up in world war one. You know, we we don't care about your five mile time. We don't march thirty miles. We don't. We have mechanization has replaced that strength from all. And I, we've asked this this of people that have been in several combat tours, and and we there are articles on our website about this uh, over and over again. What is the most important physical characteristic that you can carry into a combat situation? And without exception, everybody tells us that people who are stronger do better in a situation like that. Yet, here it is, 2016, the year that this interview is being recorded, 2016. Those of you in the distant future where, you know, everybody gets out of boot camp deadlifting 500 pounds uh, may not understand that. But here in 2016, the emphasis is still on endurance training for a group of people who will never benefit therefrom. And I don't understand why we can't change the curriculum for recruits to make them stronger in a systematic way when they first sign up. You take a kid, you take an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid, and you put him in a situation and you add five pounds to his squat three days a week and you add five pounds to his deadlift three days a week and you have him press and bench press and miracle of miracles in four months the kid's three times stronger than he was coming in. Now why can't you do that and why would you defer to uh, an endurance program that has absolutely no application on the battlefield and the only thing that that keeps uh, answering that question is, well, because the guys in the officer's corps like to run. Right. And that's what they're good at. Yeah. They want their people under their command to do what they're good at. And I don't, I, it, it's just so puzzling to me. And I'm, 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 uh, it's, uh, this needs to change sometime here pretty quick. Uh, the world is well, not I mean, getting any friendlier. 
if you look at a like a soldier in combat, he's wearing when he's not wearing a bunch of stuff, he's wearing fifty pounds of gear. Right. I mean, in, in, end of story. Right. And it's high activity stop, high activity stop, high activity stop. It's not running ten miles right. and even and if so you're they, gonna move five miles at night across territory to get away once you've been stranded, you're gonna do bursts of anaerobic activity and then you're gonna stop a minute and hide. And then you're gonna move quickly again all the time with 50 pounds of kit on. And if anybody gets injured, you gotta pick them up. You ain't got time to de-kit them, right? This all involves strength. It all boils down to strength. None of it is about five mile time. And I'm just damned if I can understand this, this pig-headed insistence on staying with an, a completely and totally outdated standard of physical training. Uh, so there, there is there is no no lift that you teach that wouldn't make a soldier a better soldier. Right. Like in end of story. Right. Well, I you know, I don't know, maybe somebody watching this in the far distant future will be able to sit there and say, you know, that's an interesting interesting comment because if I remember my history books, the analysis changed in 2020 and everybody got on a barbell program at boot camp. And <laughs> as a result, we kicked everybody's ass more thoroughly than we would have with a five mile run. So we'll just, you know, see what happens. So, well, I appreciate you being here, James. Uh, oh, my thanks place. for uh, taking some time to talk to us today. What is your website? Um, I don't, I don't want to tell it because it's like an IQ test. If they're too stupid to I, find me, I don't want their money. Got you. <laughs> Look it up. Excellent. I probably <laughs> weeds out the fools. Maybe we ought to start doing that about our. I think we'll, yeah, all right. But you know what? We need, we need to make our sign-up questions harder on the board. We just got three of them right now, and they're pretty easy. And I'll still have people calling me and say, I can't figure out the question. <laughs> well, you're uh, fifteen thousand other people have, so I, you know, I can't help you. James, appreciate it, man. Good to talk Thanks, to man. you. We'll see you soon. All and right, thank take you care. for joining us on the podcast today. We'll see you soon as well. Bye bye.